Welcome to the Serve the Team podcast with your host, Shelley Bischoff. The podcast will explore psychological safety and how it influences how teams work together. There is no doubt that leaders face significant workforce challenges. This podcast focuses on opportunities for leaders to empower high performance in their teams and enhance the employee experience of coming to work. Join the conversation with Shelley as she speaks freely about how you can best serve your team today. Hello and welcome to a conversation about culture and its connection to psychological safety. What is culture? How can we define it? What elements of it can we see in the values, behaviors, and beliefs demonstrated by the people we work with and the leaders who are responsible for us? Culture is very difficult to define. It can be unique and defined as the personality of an organization. When we explore culture in our organization, where do we go to find it? Can we find it in the written mission and value statements of the organization, in the policies and the procedures that govern how we work together? Unfortunately, culture doesn't live in what's written. It lives in the everyday interactions we have with one another. The small things the conversations, the stories we tell, the things we discuss in private, the ways that we show up for work, and culture is definitely found in how our leaders lead their teams. Every culture is unique to the organization. It's the way we do things, the way we work together, collaborate. It's how we feel about interaction. Culture is learned. It's based on behavior and shared learning. Culture can be difficult to shift when we know something needs to change. To support our employees and teams. Can we negotiate culture? Absolutely. Leaders can model the behaviors, the actions, the beliefs of the culture they want to see in their teams and endorse by employees through loyalty and engagement. However, leaders need to earn that loyalty respect, and engagement. And they can do that by understanding where they are from a cultural perspective and where they want to go. We can think about culture from the perspective of consensus, consistency, and clarity. These are central concepts to a strong culture that fosters employee health, wellness, engagement, and productivity. Culture needs every individual to participate in the process. People are typically resistant to change, and culture is no different. We need to help people be resilient when change needs to occur, is occurring, and requires their engagement. Culture is about the way individuals experience the workplace. We know that happy employees are 12% more productive than employees who do not feel that sense of happiness when they attend work. We want our culture to incite agility, flexibility, and allowance for uncertainty, because that's the situation in the modern workplace. So if culture is based on behaviors, beliefs, the actions taken by all of those individuals inside the organization, how do we move forward to transition a culture to align with what we want to see occurring? in the everyday interactions that happen between us, amongst us, and throughout the organization. We first have to recognize 
acknowledge and accept that culture really speaks to the social and psychological environment that supports the entire employee experience, and that the employees in an organization need to want to participate in that shift, in the congruency of actions, behaviors, beliefs that leaders are endorsing to occur. We need to think about how we listen, how we inquire, how we help employees understand their value in culture. So where do we start? How can we help a shift occur when we recognize that one needs to happen? We need to make sure that the environment is conducive to employees being able to authentically contribute to the dialogue, being able to offer concerns, ask questions, relate their confusion. We need to help them understand what is expected of them in the culture organizations want to support. We need to understand that culture that currently exists in teams can be based on a sense of fear, on the understanding of employees that they remain silent in order to protect themselves. We need to accept that employees may want to help us shift a culture that supports their experience and the productivity of their work, but that they are silent for a reason. This is where psychological safety comes in. When organizations and leaders are transforming a culture, psychological safety is absolutely necessary for the activation of participation by employees. The very culture that would support them requires them to feel comfortable enough to speak about what their experience of culture is and where their concerns lie when moving forward. We need to ask questions, not to learn the answers necessarily, but to learn more about the individual who's being asked to provide feedback and input. It's about drawing individuals out in a safe environment to understand what their thoughts and feelings are about the culture that exists in their world, the world of work. And when we invite employees to give more of themselves during inquiry, we are building the trust and demonstrating the value their participation brings to the equation. A culture of listening requires humble inquiry and the ability for leaders to access their vulnerability. Employees need to know leaders don't have all the answers as it relates to culture, that they are interested in what the employees and teams are experiencing. Leaders who want to hear what is actually happening are the only leaders who have an opportunity to fully examine the reality of the employee experience and opportunity for change. This is difficult for leaders. We all as leaders want to know we're doing a great job of supporting the health, the wellness, the engagement and productivity of our employees and teams. However, it takes a courageous leader accessing their vulnerability and being receptive to the truth in order to engage their employees to speak the truth of what's actually occurring every day. When we think about building consensus within our culture, we think about the ways 
our leaders provide an opportunity for everyone to have a voice, to the total team experience being such that everyone is able to contribute how they really feel, that there's equity of space for everyone to contribute their thoughts about the culture in their own way. Consistency as it applies to culture speaks to the ability of leaders being able to develop and support a set of standards that are meaningful for employees to buy into, to feel comfortable with, and ultimately support. Consistency is one area I see lacking when leaders want to make the change in the culture. Consistency sounds easy, but it's very difficult to maintain on a regular basis within the biases, assumptions, perceptions, beliefs that leaders have about each and every person on their team and every situation. Consistency, absolutely required to build a culture that positively impacts the whole employee experience. What about clarity? What is the role of clarity in the development of culture within a team or organization? We see clarity occurring when a leader invites employees to speak about the work from the perspective of process, outcomes, resources, and supports. How can expectations be reciprocal between leaders and employees as it relates to a culture that endorses teams to work at the highest level of performance available to them? Employees often tell me they do not know what is expected of them. And actually, the same is true for leaders I work with. Expectations are sometimes a moving target. And the lack of clarity that exists in a chronic way within a leader's ability to support their team and the team's ability to be productive and collaborate at an optimal level is exactly what needs to be addressed in many situations when I'm working with organizations. Expectations are meaningless unless the employees, the teams, and the leaders not only understand them, but actually support them. When we think about the leader's responsibility to model behavior that communicates the values and beliefs of the culture they want to see is exactly what helps employees feel safe enough to speak up, to disagree, to offer their authentic contribution to the conversation. Culture doesn't live in a vacuum. It's not something we can train people to do. It's not a to-do proposition. It's not something we can write in a mission or value statement and expect others to intrinsically feel comfortable with in terms of demonstration of the actions and behaviors within those words. The opportunity of culture is found in the everyday business the organization is conducting. We cannot remove or silo culture from an organization's ability to be successful and conduct business in a way that is conducive to the operational goals. But this is often what happens. I will meet with leaders and ask them what it is they need from me. They often indicate the culture is not going well. 
They relate the types of situations that are causing a disconnect, conflict, ambiguity in how their teams know how to work together. Again, culture has to live in every way an organization conducts business. It has to be part of the business. It's not something we give to someone. Culture is an invitation for everyone to consider, acknowledge, and decide whether they're willing to be part of the way that organization does business. Leaders need to be comfortable with difficult, human-complex situations. And when leaders are faced with situations that are uncomfortable and they're not equipped to deal with those situations, it can significantly impact the culture that lives within their team, within how employees perceive what is happening and expected of them. So culture is very difficult to shift. How can leaders assess where they're at with culture? Are there core components and elements of culture that can be observed in their team? Yes, there are elements that can be observed and will help a leader fully understand what may be happening compared to what they think is going on. And those elements include the rites and the rituals that we see happening within the interactions of our employees. Elements can be observed in the stories that we are telling. And the element of stories, as it relates to assessing culture, also exists in the stories that are being told, but only in private. We need to think about who are considered heroes in our organization. Who do people look up to? Who do people want to emulate? How are those heroes defined as heroes? Why do they carry that role? And then I think we need to think about language, symbolism. What are the words people are using on an everyday basis? Describing themselves, their roles, their work within teams, their organization. What language is being used? And more importantly, what language and symbolism exists that indicates there's a problem with culture? So we know leaders have an opportunity to have a better understanding of culture if they explore these elements that can be observed. And these elements speak directly to the values, the beliefs, and the actions that define culture. I want to tell you a little story about a leader working in an organization where culture was identified as the problem rather than the leader's interpretation of the issues. The leader was responsible for a unionized employee demographic, working in a sector that looked after others, vulnerable communities. The leader was very concerned about the frequency of harassment, bullying, and incidents of violence in the workplace. The organization had a very rigid and well-defined structure of policy and procedure as it related to handling these incidents. Leaders at the frontline level had been given training, and the leader who asked for my assistance felt the organization had set the stage for harassment, bullying, and violence to be prevented. I spent some time with the frontline leaders and employees 
and assess the level of psychological safety that was present in order for them to effectively understand where harassment, bullying, and violence were coming from in terms of behavior. Everyone indicated they fully understood the policies and the procedures. People knew how to report. People knew their role, either as an individual who was experiencing these behaviors or someone who witnessed it. Over a period of time, inviting open dialogue in a setting that consisted of safety for all. What became clear to me is that it wasn't the absence of infrastructure supporting employees. It was actually the culture related to the lack of consensus, consistency, and clarity around behavior, around how situations were reported, investigated, and ultimately resolved. There was a significant element of fear that prevented employees from speaking about situations at the onset of behavior that was not conducive to ensuring the health and safety of everyone in the workplace. Situations, behaviors, actions were tolerated in order to avoid having to deal with them. Leaders related their reluctance to deal with situations because their opinions, their thoughts, and suggestions regarding how these incidents could be managed were not being respected by the leader of the organization. People described their reluctance to speak freely about what was happening in terms of behavior. However, they spoke frequently with each other, informally, in the form of gossip. People had awareness that their behavior was non-acceptable, but they did not want to be labeled as a disruptor, as a tattletale, as someone who might get it wrong when reporting a situation. And obviously retribution for someone reporting situations had occurred. Leaders had several concerns with how the incidents were being managed by the organization. However, did not feel that their contributions to what might help situations be prevented However, they felt their contribution to preventing these incidents were being assessed as valuable by the leader. Ultimately, working with the leader, frontline leaders, and employees brought this organization to the point of understanding culture as the primary element preventing the health and safety of everyone. The most significant conversation I had within that organization was with the leader at the end of my analysis. You never know how these conversations are going to go. Leaders may or may not be receptive to having a conversation about how they can be a leader in a different way. That their values and beliefs and actions may not be supporting the culture that needed to exist to prevent these incidents. In this case, the leader did become aware acknowledge, and accept the role he played in moving forward. That's the only way this organization had an opportunity to shift the culture, and psychological safety was pivotal for this to happen. I have an exercise for you today, if you so choose. As a leader, wanting to have a better understanding of the culture that's existing in your workplace, in your team, 
laterally with your colleagues or even looking at the culture that exists within your level of the organization and senior levels of authority. Think about what you can observe. So grab a piece of paper or word process it. Split the page down the middle. On the left-hand side, list all the elements that you can observe of the culture that exists. Remember, those includes the rites and the rituals, what is celebrated, what is not, what is always done, what is expected in terms of how we interact with everyone. Think about the stories that are told, the language, symbolism that you can see and hear within your team. And then define the heroes in your organization or on your teams. And are those heroes displaying the behaviors, the actions, the values of the culture you want to see? Now on the right-hand side of the paper, I want you to check off whether these observable elements are congruent with the culture that you know is required to support teams doing their best work experiencing the organization as a positive impact. This is the point where you can start to consider what may need to happen to shift the culture if necessary and how that will involve you in the role of a leader. Thanks for listening in to the conversation. And as always, I leave you with this question. How are you serving your team today? We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Shelly invites you to send your feedback, thoughts, and ideas to Shelly at servetheteam.ca. Follow Serve the Team on social media or check out servetheteam.ca where additional articles and information is available. Specific references made in the podcast can be located in the episode show notes.